0: live sequence now. Coming to you live from Houston, Texas, home to the world's largest medical center. Right, the approach phase, everything looking good. is your health first the most beneficial health program on radio with dr joe galati during the next hour you'll learn about health wellness and the prevention of disease now here's your host dr joe galati Well, good evening everybody, I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Thanks for tuning in to Your Health First. We're here every single Sunday between the hour of 7 and 8 p.m. And as I like to say, every single weekend, we want to make you better consumers of healthcare. Period, end of story. We're here to inspire you, enlighten you, educate you, so that you truly have a grasp of what it takes to stay healthy. And should a problem arise with your health or the health of somebody close to you, one of your kids, your spouse, a sibling, you know how to navigate through the system, when to take action. The biggest problem that I see with my own patients or people that are referred into me is they sit on things for too long, but not if you are an active listener of Your Health First. We've been here 17 plus years. We have reached a lot of people. And for those that are regular listeners, those that know me, we're here for one reason, to help all of you out. Our website, drjogalati.com, drjogalati, that's me, dot com. And um, sign up for our newsletter. It's going to be rolling out after New Year's and find out all of the other social media connections that we have, be it Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. It's all there, drjoegalati.com. And of course, if you want to visit our practice website, which is Liver Specialists of Texas, we take care of people with liver disease, digestive disorders, pancreas, gallbladder, cirrhosis, Alcoholic liver disease, fatty liver, liver cancer, liver transplant, and that is at TexasLiver.com. All right, so for tonight's show, I am in a reflective mode with the end of the year coming. Christmas is 12 days away, and I figured we have to start thinking about 2021, And the four topics that I want to chat about tonight. Number one, COVID. We're going to give sort of my update on COVID. The second thing, the second segment, we're going to talk about cancer screening and understanding what your risks are for cancer. Segment three, we're going to talk about relationships, relationships with your physician, your treatment team. And lastly, segment four, know your dashboard. You say dashboard. Is it going to be talking about cars? No, talking about you. So stay tuned for all that. COVID, cancer screening, relationships with your doctor, and knowing your dashboard. All right. So with regard to COVID, the most important thing that happened this past week is that the FDA gave emergency approval for the vaccine. It is Going to be rolling out any day now, one week from now, I, yours truly, Dr. Galati, will be getting the vaccine. Now, the colleagues of mine at Houston Methodist Hospital have done an outstanding job keeping not only the doctors and the nurses and all of the staff, but the public up to date on the vaccine. They have themselves, in a sense, reviewed the safety data, reviewed what is known about the vaccine, and everybody is concerned about, is it safe or not? And the answer is, yes, we are getting the vaccine. I have no reservation about getting the vaccine. Neither should you. Now, it's going to be optional in Texas, but I would highly recommend getting the vaccine. That is really the only way we are going to get this under control. And finally, boot its butt off this universe for now. We're going to get it under control. It's not a cure, but we're going to get it under control so that we can come out from the burden of the isolation and all of that, the shutdowns, quarantines, and everything else. We have to get the vaccine. Antiviral drugs are rapidly being researched as well. The technology and good old know-how, how to handle the disease is better, and uh, it, it is really, really important. Now, the, the one thing, and this is, this is not in any way to counter the seriousness of the COVID infection, the devastation of it the lives that have been lost. I gave a webinar to a uh, uh, company the other day, and they wanted to know just the, the, the statistics on COVID. And so this is directly off the Centers for Disease Control website. They have an, a, an exhaustive statistical page with all of the information on COVID. And so if you look at the deaths from COVID from February 1, when this all sort of started 2020 to December 6, so about a week ago, the number of people under one year of age that died from COVID-19 was 29, 29 people died under one year of age. 1 to 4, toddlers, 16, 1, six. 5 through 14. So that is young kids getting into adolescence. There were only 44 children that died from COVID. When you get up to 15 to 24, it jumps up to 439 people. And then from 35 to 34, about 1,800 people. And then once you get to 35 to 44, sort of middle adulthood, there were about 4,800 people that died. And then the big jump was 45 to 54 years old, 12,000 people. And then, of course, 55 to 64 was 30,000 65 to 74, 53,000, and then 75 to 84, 67,000, and 85 and older, 77,000. So definitely age has something to do with it. The tipping point seems to be at about 40 to 45 years old, the numbers start to go up. And that sort of makes sense because that is where people start having comorbidities. It's where you're overweight, diabetes, you've been smoking for 30 years, you have COPD, you've got kidney disease, you've had a kidney transplant from dialysis and diabetes. All right? So those are the numbers. Now, just to, I don't want to say confuse you anymore, but another way of looking at this, if you look at the entire population, The entire 25 to 35-year-old population, the chance of you dying of COVID is 0.0041%. That is exquisitely small. If you are 55 to 64, 0.075%, not even 1%. So on one hand, the people that get it, the older people with pre-existing chronic conditions are in the absolute worst shape. The younger people with no comorbidities do well. They, they don't die at the frequencies that we see with the older people. Now, the problem is the young people Give it to the old people. And and that's where we have to really try and protect everybody. So either way, the message for tonight, still wash your hands, still wear your mask, still during this holiday season, socially distance. I would not travel. Keep away from the crowds. Keep it simple. Let's look forward to 2021. Like I said, the vaccine is around the corner. But the reality is most younger people, healthy people are not going to die from COVID. All right, we're going to take a break. Segment two, we're going to be talking about cancer screening, what you need to know. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Go to drjoegulati.com. Stay tuned. We, of course, will be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to Your Health First. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Every Sunday between 7 and 8 p.m., we're here bringing everybody the best in health and wellness and trying to raise your health IQ. That's what we want you to do. And don't forget, first of all, if you're traveling over the holidays or anytime, you could catch Your Health First and any show on KTRHR anything on iHeart on the iHeartRadio app you want to sign up and get that it is awesome you can also get the podcast there the Dr. Joe Galati podcast is on the iHeartRadio app so everything you need to do iHeartRadio app and of course go to drjoegalati.com and sign up for our newsletter now I'm listening to myself here, and a friend of mine during the break texted me, and he said, what's going on? You sound very nasal and congested, and I said, yeah, I don't know. I feel well. its uh, I don't know if we're running the heat a little too hot. I'm not drinking enough. I did get a little water during the break, but it's its not helping. I feel like I'm talking out of my nose But anyway, bear with me. Don't change the channel. So what were we going to say? Talking about cancer guidelines. Now, let's face it. Nobody, but nobody wants to think, let alone be told they have cancer. So what should you do? For the year coming up, 2021, a few weeks away, take a look at yourself. Take inventory. Be honest with yourself and check out whether or not you are up to date with all the different cancer guidelines. Now these are going to be posted on the Facebook page. Different articles from the American Cancer Society are going to be posted on the Facebook page. So go there and look at the postings. So let's talk about women and breast cancer. At 40 to 44 years old, you should have the choice to start annual breast cancer screening with a mammogram if you wish to. 45 to 54, you should get a mammogram every year. And then if you're over 55, you should switch to getting a mammogram every two years. Now, what you need to do is also know how to do a self-breast exam. Number two, know the physical changes in your breast that may indicate a cancer or a problem. Lumps, bumps, discharge, blood coming out of the nipple, inversion of the nipple, things like that. And take action. The other thing is, if you have a family history of breast cancer, your mother, your sister, your grandmother, talk to your doctor to see how, you need to adjust your screening schedule. Now, what about colon cancer? So the American Cancer Society a few years ago started uh, and recommended that screening start at age 45 years old. It used to be 50. So people used to wait till they got to their 50th birthday and then the joke was, yeah, Bob, you got to get your colonoscopy. You're 50 years old now. Well, uh, excuse me, it is now 45. What they have found is that a lot of younger people were developing polyps and cancer. So rightfully, they said, let's back it up five years. Now, the key thing about screening with colonoscopy, if that's one of the ways we could screen for colon cancer, screening means you do not have symptoms, So do not tell me, as your doctor, and I talk about this every day with my patients, I do not have abdominal pain. I do not see blood in my stool. I am not constipated. I do not have cramps. I do not have pain. I have a wonderful bowel movement every morning at 8.30 after I have a double latte Starbucks. And I say, Bob, that's great. You're 45 or 50, whatever the timing was. You should get a colonoscopy. We want to screen people when you are asymptomatic. If you come in with pain, weight loss, anemia, bleeding, that is not a screening colonoscopy anymore. It's a diagnostic colonoscopy. We're looking for something. You've got something bad. I have to find it. Screening is to pick up something before it becomes more advanced. All right, now here again, if you have a family history of colon cancer in your mother or father, your brother or sister, or your child, you need to get screened sooner. All right, now the other thing with colon cancer and we'll touch on this in, in, in a few minutes as well. If you have certain risk factors like inflammatory bowel disease, you've got Crohn's disease or colitis, you're at increased risk for colon cancer. But if you're 45 and older and you have not made your appointment for a colonoscopy yet, do it. And as I've, I've said before, uh, this is what I do for a living. Give give me a call. I'd be happy. There there are many listeners that I have have taken care of or or counseled, so don't don't hesitate to give a call. Cervical cancer uh, starts at age twenty five. Uh, people between twenty five and sixty five should get a uh, primary HPV human papilloma virus test done every five years. Uh, so you want to, again, talk to your gynecologist. Now, as far as cancer prevention, the HPV vaccine should be administered to boys and girls. Um, and that's another another thing to talk to your uh, doctor about lung cancer. Typically, in people that smoke, uh, if you are 55 to 75 and in fairly good health and you currently smoke or have quit smoking, In the past 15 years and have at least a 30-pack year history of smoking, you should think about getting a low-dose CT scan of the chest looking for cancer. All right, and finally, just in general, things to maintain good health. Stay away from tobacco, normal weight, physical activity, eat fruits and vegetables— Limit the amount of alcohol you drink. Protect your skin. Know your family history and risk, and that is the main thing. All right, Dr. Joe Galati, drjogalati.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Dr. Joe Gulati. Thanks for tuning in this Sunday. Don't forget drjoegulati.com, drjoegulati.com. The uh, nice thing about the drjoegulati.com website is that you can send me a message. Do you want to tell me about uh, certain topics you want to hear about? Or do you have a problem? Or do you want to see me? Uh, Anything. drjoegulati.com is the easiest way to get in touch with me. And of course, sign up for our newsletter right now, drjogalati.com. It's going to be rolled out. Brand spanking new. January. New newsletter. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Um, you know, I felt like I skimped a little bit on this cancer screening discussion on the second segment. So um, allow me to to go back for a couple of minutes. So what I'm posting with the American Cancer Society are uh, screening guidelines for early detection. Breast, colon, cervical, and lung cancer predominantly. Now, uh, prostate cancer, that is controversial with the PSA, prostate-specific antigen. The American Cancer Society several years ago really does not endorse the PSA. But what they are saying is talk to your doctor. For men, talk to your doctor, get, get a digital rectal exam, talk with you, your doctor, symptoms, risk factors, things like that. Now, the other, the other big cancers that, that people are at risk for are liver cancer. Now, for those of you that want to learn about liver cancer, I had nearly two weeks worth of uh, discussions about liver cancer. A couple of months, it was Liver Cancer Awareness Month. I would reference you to go back and listen to those podcasts. Now, the main thing with liver cancer, if you've got underlying chronic liver disease, hepatitis C, hepatitis B, fatty liver. Yes, fatty liver is a leading cause of liver cancer. Now, when you talk about pancreatic cancer, we're talking about uh, other dietary issues. We're talking about chronic alcohol use. There's mouth cancer. Every blue moon, I find a mouth or oral cancer. Again, related to smoking and alcohol predominantly. Esophageal cancer, cancer of the esophagus. Nowadays, we're seeing it related to reflux, something called Barrett's esophagus. So do not take reflux, GERD, indigestion lightly. If you are so predisposed, you may be a setup for cancer of the esophagus. And then stomach cancer related to helicobacter pylori infection, related to indigestion, tummy pain. Do not self-medicate yourself with these over-the-counter purple pills. It's not good. Talk to your doctor. The other thing is there's a strong association with intestinal cancers and, and cured meats. Deli meats, stay away from them. You don't want to eat these smoked, processed meats. So you stop eating them. You won't get stomach cancer. You will not get liver cancer because you're not going to be overweight. It's a whole chain of events based on what you're eating. The key thing, as I said earlier, eat fresh fruits and vegetables. or Stay away from processed foods. Limit alcohol. All right, but it's all, I'm, I'm posting it on the Facebook page for everybody. All right, so that is uh, that is that with regard to cancer. All right, so what I had, had laid out for tonight was the third segment, which is, this is the third segment. I want to talk about relationships, the relationship between you and your physician. This is a very, very precious relationship that you want to foster it's it's like any other relationship be it a relative a friend a child your sister you have to work at it this is this is not a guarantee that as soon as you meet your doctor you're going to love him or her or that she's going to he or her is going to love you okay so This is like no—every relationship works this way, whether it's your doctor or your lover, okay, or your kid or your brother-in-law. You've got to work at it, and it has to be collaborative. So in some respects, you do not have to become the non-dominant person in the relationship to say, well, the doctor told me to do this and I'm just going to do it. I'm not going to question him or her. And likewise, when we look to you, we are looking for you to take some initiative yourself. It, it is almost an unspoken an unspoken idea, an unspoken word that you, the patient, are going to take responsibility for what you need to do, all right? So it has to be collaborative. Now, the other thing is you you have to have an understanding of the mechanics of how the practice works, what is involved in the care you're getting, the follow-up, the communication. And when you do not fully understand the mechanics, that's where you start to have complaints now what I see is patients will go to Facebook to Google to Yelp and they will start literally just bitching about the doctor's office they've done it to me about this person or the office is incompetent and I needed something and it couldn't be done and these people are terrible don't go there okay the back story is, and, and, and trust me, I am not covering for anybody, but the backstory story is you come to see your doctor, whether you've seen them once or you've been seeing them for years, depending on your insurance company and depending on the different types of medicines that you are on, as an example... The prescription may have to, number one, be pre-authorized by the insurance company. So so in, in a particular example, the patient and doctor are sitting together and the doctor decides, okay, you need to be on this particular medicine for a particular problem. This is how it works. You take it twice a day. Uh, in, in three months, we're going to come back and check it, yada, yada, yada. Okay. Well, what you may not realize, or maybe you didn't ask, or maybe the doctor didn't say, is that it has to be pre-authorized. Now, we do not always know ahead of time that a certain medicine needs to be pre-authorized. It depends on the insurance. And so what happens is we put through the prescription to Walgreens. We do that in a timely basis It doesn't get filled. It gets kicked back to the insurance company. We get a mountain of paperwork. But meanwhile, you, the patient, are waiting. We are filling out paperwork. So it is not that we are incompetent or your doctor is incompetent. It's a function, the mechanics of the insurance company wanting some sort of prior authorization to show that you really need to be on this drug. The other thing is certain medications more... Specialty, more expensive, more uh, potentially toxic medicines have to go through a specialty pharmacy. That is another another layer of bureaucracy. So uh, we are victim to these other organizations, you know, working things out. So you have to understand your insurance. You have to understand your prescription plan, and understand how that that uh, all works. The other thing is with within the staff of your doctor. You have to know who the medical assistants are, who the people in billing, who the people in scheduling, who are the the nurses or nurse practitioners, maybe the physician has uh, some sort of administrator, I hate to use the word secretary, but some right-hand person in in the office. I have one, it's called, her name is Teresa. Anybody knows, if you need to get me, call Teresa. So you have to find out who their Teresa is in the office and and befriend them. It's another relationship that you have to build and it makes it all the more easier. When things get a little sideways in the office, You're not going to call every time. You call their Teresa and say, hey, it's Mary Johnson. I'm having a problem. Do you think you could help it out? Do you think you could talk to the doctor? Sure, I'll absolutely be happy to talk to you. And that's how things get taken care of. The other thing is, and this is where I start to show off, we want to make you better consumers. You have to do a little bit of homework on what your condition is, what the medicines are, what all the alternative medicines, what kind of testing do you need to go through. And so it is really, really vitally important. And, and, and again, don't look at this segment here as, hey, it's the patient's fault for everything. No, not at all. But we need you, as things are getting more and more complicated in healthcare, We need the patients to step up and become more engaged. We want you to be engaged. And and all of us, 99% of all doctors, maybe 98.55, want this to be a team effort. And that's how things really work out well for you and your family. Keeps the anxiety down and everybody has good results. All right, final segment coming up, we're going to talk about dashboards. And no, it is not about your Chevy Suburban, it is about you. Stay tuned, drjoegalati.com. I'll be right back. everybody final segment for this week's your health first and um, what I what I decided is if you can name the band that wrote and played this song and you are the fifth person to go to drjogalati.com go to the sign up for the mail for the newsletter and you can um, send me a message tell me the name of the band I will send you a signed, autographed copy, personalized, of my book, Eating Yourself Sick. But starting now, it's all time-stamped. Fifth person, drjoegilati.com. Sign up for the newsletter, and I will give you and send you out a copy of my uh, book, Eating Yourself Sick. All right. Um, By the way, it's a great song, great group of musicians. My favorite group, if you know little trivia. But anyway, uh, go and do that. All right, final segment. We are going to talk about your dashboard. What now? What what is Doctor Galati talking about? Do I know my dashboard? Well, when you're driving along in your Honda Accord, on your dashboard there are a bunch of various lights that can pop up. It may be check engine light. It may be that your tires are low. It may be check oil. It may be a little sign that your engine is overheating. There's a sign that you need washer. You need an oil changed. Whatever the case may be, but these are things that pop up. And the funny thing is... As soon as that check engine light goes off, there is a bit of a panic. People are calling their spouses, significant others, brothers, sisters. It's like, hey, I was driving to work today and the check engine light came on. Whoa! You got to call the dealer. You got to call up Honda. You got to go to Chevy. Call Ford. Take tomorrow off. That's dangerous. You know, that check engine light, I knew a guy that the check engine light, his car blew up a week later. That's nothing to fool around with. That You got the check engine light? Oh, my goodness. You should leave work right now. Go to the dealer. Go to your local mechanic. Go to Goodyear. Go to somebody. All right. I am being quite facetious. Some would say sarcastic. Some would say glib about it. But we pay far more attention to the, to the damn lights that blink on our dashboard on our car than the equivalent check engine light that comes up on the human body. Having shortness of breath? Eh, don't worry about it, it'll go away. My stomach hurts? Oh, it's probably the burritos I ate yesterday. Um, headache? Oh, it's stress, I hate my boss. My kids are driving me nuts and my ex-husband is a moron. Okay? We just delay everything until all hell breaks loose. And we sit there and we say, how on earth did Charlie get sick? How did Charlie die? Well, his own internal check engine light went on six months ago and nobody did anything. But if the check engine light on the car goes off, you're in the dealer tomorrow. So the things for 2021, and, and this is this is why it is the end of the year. We have to organize ourselves. And let me let me say this. The things we are talking about tonight, talking about COVID and getting your vaccine, staying safe, cancer screening, how to have a better relationship with your doctor. And now we're talking about this dashboard. These are not New Year's resolutions per se, all right? You and I both know New Year's resolutions are a big, fat joke. They don't stick. They don't have any uh, energy behind them. But what I am asking you to do is really make a change, make a commitment, develop new habits, get rid of the bad habits, and make good habits. Now, the things that you need to know for your dashboard. Number one, your weight. Now, it's not good enough to step on the scale and say, 230, okay, Dr. Galati, I know my weight. No, what you really need to know is how much you're overweight. What should your body mass index be for your height and weight? How much weight have you gained year over year over the last five or ten years? That's what you really need to know. Number two, what's your blood pressure? Has your blood pressure gone up over time? The new standard for hypertension is the top number, the systolic number of being 120 or greater. That is pretty harsh, 120 or greater. So if it is over 120, check in with your doctor. The other thing is, what is your pulse? What's your heart rate? If you've got a blood pressure machine, it spits out the pulse. Now, if your pulse is too fast, that can be a problem. If it is too slow, that can be a problem. So you need to know your weight, blood pressure, and pulse. Next thing. Know your cholesterol. What irks me is when people say, yeah, I just got a touch of cholesterol problem. Or even worse, when we're asking them, hey, uh, Mr. Johnson, have you ever had a cholesterol problem? And they're like, no. But I am on a drug to lower my high cholesterol. So the fact that they are on a drug for high cholesterol that is now under control they are in denial that they have a cholesterol problem same thing with blood pressure i talk to people i say uh do you have blood high blood pressure no i'm on three drugs for it but they're in denial don't be that person the next thing now we're getting into a little bit more of the gross and disgusting stuff what is your stool pattern going to the bathroom what's the look of your stool what's the shape Is it hard? Is it soft? Do you have diarrhea? What's the color of it? Does it float? These are all very, very important facts you want to know. But you're not going to know these dashboard data unless you look or understand what's going on. There's so much that you could tell by your stool. What you're eating. Are you bleeding? Are you having a change in your bowels? That may be a very early indication of colon cancer or something like diverticulosis or diverticulitis. What about your urine? Do you have a lot of urine or a little bit of urine? Is it less compared to a month ago? Is it more compared to a month ago? What's the color? What's the smell? Do you have any pain when you urinate? What's the pattern? Are you having frequency where you're you're peeing every... Every 30 minutes, you're waking up at night four times. And are you noticing any blood in the stool, uh, blood in the urine, okay? And then some basic labs that you need to know. What's your glucose? Are you pre-diabetic? Again, what totally irks me, I've got a touch of diabetes. Are you on medicine? No, I just have a touch of it. That's like being a touch of dead. People do not have a touch of dead. You're dead or alive. You have diabetes or you don't. What are your liver tests? Again, this is I make a living out of doing this. Be careful with the liver test. What about thyroid? Your hemoglobin. Are you anemic? What's your white blood cell count? What's your calcium? So these are all a series of labs that you should know. But again, I will probably bring this up in the next week or two. I am working on a Form that you could take to your doctor to track all of these dashboard items. All right. But listen to this, listen to the podcast, stay informed as consumers. All right. That's it for tonight. Go to drjoegalotti.com. The winners are in for the signed book. The group is Chicago. The name of the song mongonucleosis. nucleosis. With that, I'm Dr. Joe Galati. We'll see you next Sunday night. 18- Plus.